and welcome to Run the Table. I'm your host, Bryce Tenson. Obert, how are we feeling today after week two of college football? Most of week one of the NFL is done, so... How are uh, you? Feeling fantastic. College football pretty much could not have gone any better. Maybe a little bit better, but other than that, could it, couldn't have gone much better, and NFL was kind of a train wreck, so it was kind of a roller coaster weekend. But in the end, I'm still sitting here with a smile on my face. How uh, would you rate your trip to Happy Valley? Um, on a scale of one to ten. Scale of one to ten. Seven. Um, I thought intense atmosphere. One of the best game day atmospheres I've ever been at, been in. Um, obviously we got smoked though. We we looked absolutely. Is that terrible. is that why it wasn't a ten? Yeah. Had That's had exactly we right. had we pulled the upset? Yeah. It's, oh, oof, it's fifty. Yeah, it's a it's a ten. I mean, it, it's <laughs> the best. Um, but we didn't. We didn't even look good. It was a bit frustrating but going there seeing all those people um seeing that tradition the pageant pageantry i mean penn state's they're, they're always good and there's a reason for it you know yep. what i mean they that do it fan well. base is they're they're one of the better ones in in college football i mean holy cow yeah. i said it to you during Ooh-wee. the game it is a team with all of the resources in the world, a team, a huge brand, all the resources in the world, but with fans who have this, you know, underdog mentality. It's probably from living in Pennsylvania all their lives. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they have this underdog ethos where it's just like everyone wears blue, everyone wears white. Yeah. You know, they're just all in so much team spirit. We are Penn State, all this stuff. Apparently the whole Jerry Sandusky sc- scandal did not, you know, break through their team spirit. A little bit surprising to me, but it, and, I guess it didn't. And um, Joe Pa is still a living legend. Oh, yeah. Joe or, Pa is Not still, a living legend, but a dead legend. Yeah. Dead legend over there. Um, he's got his own library. Um, and then we turn the corner, and Theo Epstein also had his, his own. Jeffrey Epstein. Damn it! <laughs> Damn it! Um, no, I'm just kidding. Listen. Penn State, yeah. They, it they is, got it all decked out. Although the Joe Pa thing probably... A little, a little bit yeah. of poor taste, but that's okay. Uh, their campus is also really pretty. I, I really like their campus. Um, it's not even close to Ohio University, yep. though. A yep. um, little second fiddle there. So we uh, got gotcha. you. Uh, yeah, that's the one thing I noticed, too, is that every single person was either wearing blue or white. It was unbelievable. It's like, they were all, what? Yeah. It's like how you get all of these 100,000 people just totally all in for their team. They all take it super seriously. It's 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 unreal. Like I've been to a couple of Michigan games, and you'll see people that aren't wearing, you know, either maize or blue, or they're, sometimes they're not even wearing Michigan stuff. Yeah, I didn't see a single person that wasn't wearing something Penn State that was there. It was unreal. You ready? Yep. We got five takeaways from college football. Each of us do. We got five from the NFL. Obviously, discounting Monday Night Football because that's happening tonight. The squad on Tuesday after the game has already happened. Uh, I do have Broncos minus six and a half. So let's hope that pulls through. Do you want to go first? Your first college takeaway? Sure. Caleb Williams is the Heisman front runner. Hey, oh, uh, what? You mean JJ McCarthy? Sorry, mate. The loss of a game and only playing so far in about three quarters it's going to handicap him to say the least but he could have an absolutely huge year we all know it i think michigan's brand of football also might slow him down that's a little true. bit in the heisman race just okay and that's fine okay, fine you Listen, got me you we're got not me. trying to win heismans we're trying to win national championships here i would that's, like that's a the main thing that would be fine yeah who wouldn't um but caleb williams his receivers his coach his running backs even the amount they throw the ball, the style of offense they have, the competition, really, um, and still the big games. You know what I mean? They still do play 
big games. All of this is adding up for him to potentially have a magical season. He's got the talent. We saw it. He's an incredible runner of the football, incredible thrower of the football. It's really mind-boggling that he's just mm, has it all there. And what is he, a sophomore? I, yep. I really cannot believe it. He was a true freshman last um, year. And... Uh, and I think this USC team can be absolutely fantastic. They pretty much dominated Stanford for three quarters. Fourth quarter, they scored some garbage time touchdowns to make that a 13-point game. But that team will be fantastic. And if so, he will put up better numbers than I think anybody in college football with his wide receivers. I think he is far and away the Heisman front runner. Um, I think J.J. McCarthy's probably second right now. I really do. Uh, I mean, who else is there? Bryce Young hasn't looked great. C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud kind of looked okay in the Notre Dame game. The Arkansas State game, it's Arkansas State. Um, (laughs) And so, I mean, I I think it's right now him, J.J. McCarthy, Quinn Ewers is hurt for three weeks. So, I I have no idea. Cam Rising didn't look great. I wonder what kind of – Utah, I don't think it's going to be very good. I wonder what kind of odds you could get on J.J. McCarthy. Anthony Richardson went way by the wayside. Holy cow. I got a take about him. uh, So, we'll get to that. But I think Utah will be okay. I think they will. I think I think they'll lose probably one game in Pac-12. Uh, it'll probably be USC. Um, they won't they won't be able to stop them. Um, okay, my first takeaway: Jimbo Fisher is a meh coach whose only success comes from a generational quarterback. Uh, side takeaway: Why do people schedule App State? Why do people still do that? Uh, um, okay, money. So <laughs> for North Carolina, I guess. <laughs> I don't think North Carolina got paid. Yeah, probably not. Um, okay, don't so let's break this down. Jimbo Fisher obviously won a national championship uh, at Florida State, and and that team had Jameis Winston as their quarterback. Every single, uh, I mean, he, I don't want to say every single other year because he did make another college. He made a college football playoff in the first iteration, um, but after that, he didn't. Um, okay, with the same generational quarterback. So that's actually, yeah, I forgot that he was there for for two seasons. What has Jimbo Fisher done to garner the? Uh, praise that he gets um he's a great recruiter i'll give him that he recruits fantastically but at a certain point that does not matter if it doesn't translate to the field they're eight and four last year and then they show up on saturday at home kyle field one of the best home atmospheres in the country and they put up a stinker against app state they got manhandled up front it wasn't even close in terms of who wanted that game more it was very apparent. App State averaged about, what would I say, 3.8 yards per play, but they ran 8.2 plays per drive. Are you kidding me? We're talking about a Sunbelt Conference team. They went into Kyle Field and dominated. And if it wasn't for Devon uh, Achain, uh, that game isn't even close. He had 6.5 yards per play when he touched the ball. Every other play for, uh, for Texas A&M was 4.3 yards. That... Uh, one, we give him the ball every freaking play if that's the case. It, two, I, I get Chase Bryce is a fantastic player. Donovan Peoples is great, uh, a great running back. They got a lot of good players, App State does. But you're telling me that uh, a team who's had a top five recruiting class in each of the past four seasons can't get it done at home against a group of five team? Are you kidding me? That comes down to the head coach. That is all on Jimbo Fisher. And, and I don't know how many more times we're going to keep singing this song of Texas A&M comes into the season ranked way higher than they should be. I, I had them at 15 after their, after their game against Sam Houston State. 15. And, and honestly, that was probably too high still after what we saw on Saturday. I just don't know 
how we're going to keep doing this. Kevin Sumlin was 36 and 14 at Texas A&M through these same number of games. Jimbo Fisher's now 35 and 15. Yet he's getting paid $76 million to do the same damn job that Kevin Sumlin did. Yet every single year we see Texas A&M overrated or overranked. And, and, and then they come back and, and show us their true colors. Sure, they'll be competitive in a game against a top-tier opponent like they were against Alabama, but then they'll lose games that they are clearly a more talented team. Are they better coached? Probably not. No. Um, yeah, okay. There, that was my rant on Texas A&M. I love taking a victory lap, especially about Texas A&M. I will say this. Um, Jimbo Fisher... I, I don't like throwing away a coach's, you know, championships because they had a generational quarterback. 95% of national championships are one on the backs of generational quarterbacks. But I will say, I think all of their... I think 2010, 2015, even 2016, he was a fantastic coach, one of the best in college football. Right now, his offense is just absolutely terrible. It is one I of the worst... he was worst. supposed to be an offensive guy. He is. And and his, his offense, he's stuck to this broken terrible offense that doesn't work anymore that won him the national championship. Sorry, folks. By the way, Haynes King is a terrible quarterback. It is. We, we were rewatching that game today. His throwing motion limits basically everything you can do on the offensive side of the ball. They can't yeah. run West Coast. They can't no. run RPO. He can't get the ball out fast enough. Even with his old quarterbacks, he was he's running this boring, old, you know, unproductive offense that you know, really hasn't worked in years and years and years. And that's pretty much the root of their problems right now. He's a great recruiter. His defensive guys have more than worked out for him, but offensively the scheme is broken and it's not working. Um, they're getting a couple of big plays from aging. Um, but other than that, they by the way, the he's ball. a fantastic player. Yeah. He's got some serious speed. He scored both of their touchdowns on Saturday. Um, the Texas A&M announcers, uh, when we were listening uh, on our car on our ride back from uh, Penn State, we're, we're talking about him as a Heisman candidate. I was like, the rest of the country isn't, but I can see how you would think yeah. so. Um, they, well, they're just not good enough for him to be a Heisman yeah. candidate. Uh, yeah. Like one and one, they're not going to be a factor in the SEC West, at least not as it is now. Holy cow. Oh, they could be. Um, Jimmy H is a offense. No, Jimmy, it's, Jimmy H is a head coaching genius. Um, not even just an offensive. Yeah, no. Um, Jimmy H is an absolute genius. He had this whole thing absolutely mapped out. Um, give Cade, you know, the ball first. Say, hey, you're the starter. Put some pressure on him. You know what I mean? Hey, it's your job to lose, man. You go out first. You're the week one starter. You're the captain even. You know what I mean? You're captain of the team. You got everything to lose, buddy. You know, like, so go ahead. And guess what Cade does? He goes out. He lays an egg. Week one against Colorado State, 9 for 18. You know, uh, 131 most, yards. Most of them came on a... a Screen pass pretty much to Roman Wilson. 61. Looked terrible. And you know what? He says, J.J. McCarthy, go out. You play Hawaii second game. And I'm sure he knew. I don't know how he knew. Probably because, you know, he's a genius and he knows everything about every team because he loves football. He's a football guy. He's a football guy. Um, and so he knew that that would be pretty much a slam dunk for J.J. And, you know, instead of giving J.J. a test where you know it would bring him a lot of pressure early and he would have to deliver on some tight throws early he's like let's let's scheme up some stuff get him you know a free throw get him a layup early on Roman Wilson streaking down the middle of the field easy pass get his confidence up see one go in you know a bunch of cliches about confidence early um 
And he did. He delivered a great pass. Roman Wilson touchdown. And from then on, it was like, okay, now it's just play football. <laughs> show off all of your talent. Show off all of your skills. Make me feel like not a bad guy for making you the starting quarterback. And he absolutely did. J.J. McCarthy went absolutely nuts. Made absolutely every single throw. Um, and, and, and did things that came... McNamara can never dream of doing. Yeah. And after, you know, a few drives of JJ playing some of the best football as a Michigan quarterback we've ever seen. He had a 93.1 um, PFF grade. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, Jim Harbaugh's like, hey, I've seen enough. And now you throw Cade back in there. And man alive, he's a deer in headlights. You know what I mean? He knows the sky's falling. I just lost yeah. my starting job. And I didn't do that bad, you know, at least not at that point. And, you know, because he is a deer in headlights at this point, he throws one pick, gets sacked a bunch of times. I don't think leads Michigan to one scoring drive. And after that, Jimmy H's decision is, it's, it's a certainty. You know what I mean? There's nothing that can be disputed. There is, there is no bickering that people can make. It is absolutely apparent. One is better than the other. I think he played this absolutely beautifully and... Now all of the Michigan fandom, they have nothing to say. They There cannot be dispute. Yeah, and he, it was so apparent who was the better quarterback that he made the decision after the game. He yes. literally said it at the post-game press conference. Yep. Uh, I think I think it was known. And, and what I do want to say is that the team really seemed to be okay with either of the two starting. Like mm-hmm. in terms of, um, you know, the, let the best guy win. Yeah. I, I, my bet is that Jim Jimmy H sat him down and was like, "Hey guys, we're gonna have a quarterback battle." Um, obviously, Cade was a a great leader last year. Was an average quarterback or a good quarterback, not a great quarterback, but just great leader. Um, that's why he got the captain spot this year, and and that's why he has the respect of his teammates. Um, but at the end of the day, Jimmy H made the right move, and it, it wasn't even close. Staying in the Big Ten, the Big Ten West is wide open. Um, that Purdue loss against Penn State, we thought, might have killed them. Uh, it turns out it, they're, they're still very much alive. Um, so they are behind the eight ball because they are the one of two teams that have a loss in Big Ten conference play um, in the West Division in Illinois and Purdue. Uh, I think that's, Nebraska. That's right, they lost Northwestern. I forgot Nebraska was in the West for a second. But four of the seven West teams lost. Nebraska, Iowa, Wisconsin, and I was looking at it. Northwestern, they lost to Duke on on the last play of the game. That was tough. Um, The teams that won, Purdue, Illinois. Illinois beat a Virginia team. They were the only team to play a Power 5 opponent outside of Northwestern. And then Minnesota looked great against... Western Illinois. There it was. Um... Okay, so here is how I would power rank the Big Ten West as of now because Wisconsin really disappointed me with how they played against Washington State. Like, huge disappointment. Uh, 14 points <laughs> is not enough. I mean, you know the defense is going to hold the other team to less than 20. How do you not score 21, seriously? Um, okay, so I think it goes right now. I would have it Minnesota 1, Purdue 2. Golly. <laughs> um... Illinois? I I feel like they should have won the Indiana game. Probably, yeah. I just I just don't think I was I was sucks. They are not a good football team. They just aren't. Um they they have scored one touchdown this season. Not defensively, they're fine. They always will be fine. 
offensively. Brian Ferentz might be one of the worst offensive coordinators. No, he is the worst offensive coordinator in all of college football. He is terrible. They run the most vanilla offenses. They don't even... I can't watch an Iowa game because of how bad it is. Um, Nebraska, we'll get into it. Um, They fired Scott Frost after a absolutely embarrassing loss to Georgia Southern at home. Um... Wisconsin mentioned them already, and obviously Northwestern. Um, they're now one in. Are they one and one? Northwestern, they're one and one. They one and one. That's right. They, they didn't play in week one. They played week zero and week two. Um, they were literally a half yard away from winning that football game, or at least tie, potentially tying it and sending it to overtime. They were down. Oh, eight. that's right. They were down eight. They they needed a two point conversion, so it wasn't a guarantee. They were a, a half yard away from scoring a touchdown. I could have given them a shot to tie the game. Yep. Um, but seriously, this this might be one of the worst conferences or worst divisions in all of college football. Meanwhile, in the Big Ten East, you have three or four teams that are all ranked in the top 20. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Um, oh, shoot. Third takeaway, Notre Dame is in need of a huge offensive rebuild. You know, quite honestly, watching the Ohio State game, I just thought, hey, maybe Ohio State's defense has improved a little bit. They need a quarterback upgrade, which feels like always what's going on with Notre Dame, but they'll be fine. In reality, they need an entire offensive rebuild. It is so ugly. That Marshall game was terrible. They played terrible, looked terrible. Defense wasn't even that good, and we thought it was going to be very good all around, just an awful performance. Let me take you through some of the numbers. Take me through Obviously, quarterback position was terrible. Buckner, Tyler two Buckner's picks, not a good quarterback. Two hundred yards. Sorry. Um, overall, just a terrible game. Missed one of his wide receivers wide open for a potential touchdown. <laughs> they had one, one wide receiver go for more than one catch yesterday. One. Wait, like wide receiver or like one person receiver, that caught the ball? One wide receiver go for more than one catch yesterday. They have one wide receiver who had multiple catches yesterday. That is brutal. That's brutal. Um, running back, their highest rusher was Tyler Buckner. <laughs> their highest oh my goodness. Back, their highest running back rusher was 33 yards. He ran for 33 yards. Good Lord. Um, and their own line just looked absolutely terrible. I yeah, think they're okay at pass blocking. Okay. Against a Marshall team. Once again, who's Sunbelt. I don't know anything about their pass rush. Side note, the Sunbelt's going to be really fun this year. Yeah, it is. Um, but as far as run blocking goes, Notre Dame could not run the ball to save their lives. No. This O line used to be the strength and core principle of Brian Kelly's, you know, 2018, 2017 Notre Dame teams. It was, we are going to run the ball, you know, old school NFL type offense under center. Yep. We're going to out tough you. And this year, they just do not have the big uglies up front. They don't. The only position that is any good on offense is Michael Mayer. And what does this all mean? Obviously, Notre Dame... And Michael Mayer might be a first-round pick. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's he, like, he is, dude. He, is, he is the best player on... And he's like three different classes he's ahead of the, everybody yeah. else. What does this mean? We, we figure Notre Dame's offense would be terrible. I didn't know it was so bad across the board. And because of that, I think they probably go 6-6, six and six, maybe 7-5 yeah. and five if they're lucky this year. And yes. when you're really, really struggling like that, it's going to be a year or two of an offensive rebuild for Marcus Freeman. I like Marcus Freeman. I respect him. I really do. I think that defense could be good for years, but it is going to take a long time 
until this team can compete for college football playoffs and national championships. And I'm not talking yeah. about, you know, okay, get a re- good recruiting class next year. I think it's two years before Notre Dame is the team we saw with Brian Kelly, who was competing for college football playoffs every year. And quite frankly, Brian Kelly has a pattern of doing this. He goes from place to place and leaves every single place in an absolute dumpster fire. Yeah. And we're seeing it now with the offense. I don't know if Tommy Reese this, is the this guy. This is why he took the LSU job. This yeah. is why. I, I, I don't know if Tommy Reese is the guy. I don't know if it, if it's his fault. I, I will say I it was like curl flats every single play. I didn't really <laughs> And Tyler Buckner refused to not throw it. He was like, I'm throwing this curl to flat every or this curl every single yeah. time. I don't care if it's wide side of the field and I got to throw it 40 yards across the field just to get it there or if I'm going to throw it on the inside oh, to a guy who is – oh, my gosh. It was it was unbelievable. Um, so yeah, terrible offensive scheme, terrible players. They just don't have the guys. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's going to be a while. I think Notre Dame won't be a factor in the national landscape until twenty twenty four at the very least. It, it, it'll be interesting to see because I, I like you. I like I like Marcus Freeman. He is a defensive minded guy. He was their defensive coordinator last year. The, we expected the defense to be good. I don't know if he has what it takes to be head coach um in he just seems and cuz i have i have a Notre Dame a Notre Dame friend a fan who's a who's a friend um and he he hated the Marcus Freeman hire because he thought he was too buddy buddy with the players he thought there wasn't enough you know uh, dictatorship almost and it was it was almost too democratic yep we'll see i, I he's a players coach um he's a younger guy We'll see how it translates, but I like him. I hope he succeeds. Um, maybe not at Notre Dame. <laughs> maybe he gets a job somewhere else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, speaking of that, so this is one of my takeaways. I wanted to make it a takeaway. Uh, Ohio State win, that is looking abysmal now. Mm-hmm. Um, that is one of the worst wins in college football. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Well, I mean, you could pick out some team who beat an FCS team, but it's like for that to be your marquee win. Like- That's my point. That was That was the point I was trying to make, but I wanted to be a lot more dramatic about yeah. it. Severe. I like it. Uh, <laughs> um, Anthony Richardson, AR-15, is not a good quarterback. Uh, you might be saying, oh my God, what? He was in the highs. I don't care. Uh, literally, what can, look at what Kentucky did. They took, they took what, you, <laughs> what Utah did and actually did a good job. Utah decided that they were going to let Anthony Richardson run all over the field. I think he had like 150 yards rushing. Yeah. They made him throw the ball very little. Kentucky reversed that and said, hey, we're not going to let you run the ball at all. You're going to have to beat us with your arm, and he could not. And it wasn't like he was just missing. It was bad. He was missing guys that were blatantly open. He was making terrible reads, throwing into coverage. It was like, what are you doing? And and that's why uh, he, he had a bad miscommunication with the wide receiver. I don't think that was on him. I think that was probably on the wide receiver. Um, but that Kentucky defense took advantage of it at every step of the way. Uh, Florida only scored 16 points, and, and they didn't look good for most of the game offensively. Um, so I just I don't think he's a good quarterback if you take away his ability to run the football. I said it uh, before the game. I said the only question I will have is, will uh, Florida be able to pass the football when they absolutely need to, and they just weren't able to do it. Um, and, and, hey, listen, he's young. It's, what, one of his only starts ever. Um, he's young, but he is draft eligible after this season, so yeah. he's not that young. He's got to start piecing things together, and, uh, yeah, it, it was absolutely ugly. It didn't even look close. I don't, I don't know what's going on over there, but, um, yeah, that, that, that was an ugly performance. But, hey, you know what? 
He's got 10 more games. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't see anybody else challenging him in that quarterback room. <laughs> He's going to have sure. to figure it out. Uh, but that Florida defense was awesome. Yeah. So well, they have that. Uh, Nebraska. Time to get into it. We both made takeaways about this. Listen, folks, it was the biggest story of the weekend. Nebraska lost to an <laughs> hey, it's FCS in our, it's in the same school. spot, too. <laughs> yeah. What, was it an FCS school or was yes. it? Yes. No, 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 no. Georgia Southern's a Sunbelt school. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, lost to a terrible group of five school. I don't, and, I don't know about terrible. Georgia Southern's a solid team. App State level? I think App State, I think it'll be, uh, I think App State will win the conference, win the Sunbelt Conference. Um, the point is this, they lost, and it was ugly, and Scott Frost was fired. Uh, huge buyout, Nebraska didn't care, don't know why it took them so long, they didn't care about the buyout, but <laughs> That's, that was my thought. Nonetheless, <laughs> and there has been a lot of discussion about who will take the Nebraska job, and who will Nebraska go after. Um, and there is even opinions that Nebraska is no longer an attractive coaching job. Let me tell you folks, Nebraska is an A-tier coaching job. A huge get. You know what I mean? Like that, it is a huge coaching job. If you want to be the head coach of a top-tier program, one of, you know, Nebraska is almost near the top of your list. I get they've had troubles in the past, but it is not like a systemic problem like some of the other schools face. Notre Dame has had problems for 25 years because they have terrible academic standards, and as of lately, their NIL program is kind of bonds. Yep. Um, and Quite honestly, what, they haven't won a national championship in years and years and years and years? It's been a while. Um, Nebraska, meanwhile, listen, they have zero competition for recruiting of huge schools in their area. Obviously, the, you know, that Plains area isn't a hotbed for recruiting, but with the facilities that Nebraska has, the brand that they are, the recognizability that they are, and, you know, the even like the assistant coaches, they'll absolutely attract and the alumni base they have you should be able to recruit with anybody at nebraska nebraska has always recruited well you should be able to do a fantastic job of recruiting you should be able to get all of the big uglies you know what i mean at nebraska that's what they were known for great up front on the o-line and the d-line the black shirt defense that's what they were they were absolutely fantastic it is still in my opinion a great opportunity for any coach i mean heck even bo pelini that wasn't that long ago. What yeah. was it? Eight or nine years ago? They were 10 wins pretty much every single season. They got greedy. They tried to go for, hey, we want to be the national championship team that we were in the 80s and 90s. And it got away from them a little bit. But um, you can absolutely still win at Nebraska. You're playing in the Big Ten West, yep. which is, wide like open. you've said, wide open, not just for this year, but for years to come. Wisconsin is... Well, f- until USC and UCLA get yes. in there. Um in which case USC will be a force to be reckoned with. But yeah. other than that, it's much easier than the Big Ten East. I'll tell you that much. Um, so, yeah, you should absolutely be thinking about Big Ten Championship every single year if you can get rolling at Nebraska. Wisconsin's not an A-tier program. They're not. Iowa certainly isn't. Purdue certainly isn't. I'm a diehard fan, but even I can admit that we're a basketball school. Illinois, there are no factor if you go to nebraska and recruit like you should there is no reason why you can't compete for a big 10 championship every single year and with how bad nebraska's been they will be so okay with that 11 wins a year and you're competing for big 10 championships they would love that yeah i think it is absolutely a desired job um okay so i have to preface my next point by saying at the time of the hire scott frost was absolutely the right guy 
Yeah, he was. In hindsight, it might be one of the worst head coaching hires in college football history. Seriously. This was the least successful era of college football from a brand as big as Nebraska. I mean, you said it. They're an eight-tier brand. I don't know if we've seen an era of football quite as bad as the Scott Frost Nebraska era. It was abysmal. They they were continuously uh, missing their goals. They were they were finishing uh, under expectations every single season. I think his best finish was seven and five. Yeah, something like that. It six was it was not good. It, it, Everybody was like, oh, once he gets his guys in there, he got his guys in there, and it still didn't get any better. Now, this, like I said, this is 2020 hindsight. You look back, he won, I think, 16 games as the head coach in Nebraska. He lost a ton of one-score games. More one-score. I think he got up to 10 consecutive one-score losses. That is unbelievably bad. And like you said, you can win at Nebraska. I just, I don't know what happened. He just didn't recruit. I thought, I thought it was the right hire at the time. Um, there's always something to be said. Everybody did. Uh, there's always something to be said about a guy who cares about a, a college football program so much, like Jimmy H, like the Hawaii head coach, that is willing to go back when they're at a low point and and give them their everything. Scott Frost did that, or so we thought. Um, it, it just turned out that he's maybe not a great head coach. I I don't know how he got UFC to be as good as he did because. What I saw in Nebraska was not the guy I saw at US, uh, UCF. It was it was night and day a difference. I mean, that team was competing for a spot in the college football playoff, the UCF team. Yeah. Nebraska didn't even sniff the Big Ten West. Mm-mm. How is that possible? I don't know. I, I, I think they were left in the dirt uh, when he got there. They were terrible. Um, and, and, and the talent they had on that roster was terrible. Yeah. It, was, it was a huge rebuild that needed to be had. But obviously, and I said this last year, the rebuild didn't work. It no, didn't work. no, it did not. And, and it starts immediately with recruiting. As soon as you get there, you have to be able to recruit. You have yep. the facilities. You have all the resources. And he wasn't. He just wasn't at I, a high level. I thought this was going to be the year. I really did. After they were so competitive in every single game last year, I was like, I was like, this has to be the year. If it's not this year, it's it's never. And then he comes out, loses to Northwestern the way he did kicking the onside kick up 11. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? what are you doing? And then the game on Saturday. Uh, it, it, it Even just, week one, they looked just bad. They just looked yeah, bad. Yeah, that was the um, North Dakota game. North Dakota game, yeah. Tied it was tied at halftime. And then they finally pulled away. But good Lord. Yeah, it's just one of the most unsuccessful eras in a big brand we've we've seen in a while. Yes. Maybe of all time. Um, Wake Forest is back. Um, this is just a quick one, and then I've got more serious one. Um, maybe I made six takeaways, but whatever. This just, I'll just <laughs> make this one really quick. Wake Forest is back. Um, they looked fantastic. Sam Hartman got back Thank into you. the game. 300 yards. What was it? 18 for 30, four he touchdowns. He was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic performance from Sam Hartman. And with him, Van, or, uh, Wake Forest should absolutely roll. And this is the thing is that we were talking about the ACC, I think it was last week. That conference is just as wide open as the Big Ten West, at least uh, the was coastal. It the coastal. Um, Wake Forest could be the best team in that in that conference yeah, or in be, that division. It'll be them or Pitt. We'll probably fight for it once again. Um, but yeah, they looked fantastic. And obviously, I think Vanderbilt made that a twenty point game, but they were up twenty seven yeah. with five minutes left, and they scored that touchdown in garbage time. So they completely dominated that game. They were a much better team than Vanderbilt, and that spread was only thirteen. So Wake Forest. 
is a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, I would watch out. Now, I did not make a takeaway about the Texas-Alabama game, I knew but it was one of you talk the about it. most premier games of the week. So <laughs> of one, all time. Yeah, I mean, one of us <laughs> has to talk about it. Otherwise, we will have failed. Texas lost. If Quinn Ewers plays, do I think they win that game? Absolutely. Of course I do. I mean, I'm a Texas guy through and through. Of course I think Texas wins that game if Quinn Ewers stays healthy. But he didn't, and they yep. lost. I could come on here and I could say, Texas is back, folks. Oh, my God, we're a force to be do. reckoned with. Hey, wait. Yada, yada. That, you got you to pay me now because you did say it. No. Um, <laughs> I, I could come on here on, and say that, but it would be disrespectful to what Texas is. Texas is better than losing a close game at home and being happy with it. I don't care who their opponent is. I don't care that it's Alabama. I, they are national contenders. I disagree. They won a I, national championship more recently than any other team in the Big 12. I disagree with you for the sole fact that they haven't been good the past five seasons or four seasons. As far as history. In terms of, in terms of this Texas season. For to be back, they have to be a national contender. In terms of this season, this is absolutely a, a, a fine. You, you want to win the game, but this showed that Texas football is legitimately back like like i know we make jokes about it but they are um if at the end of the season they go 12 and 1 and win the big 12 championship absolutely they're back but losing one and one to start the season i'm not going to say texas is back they this aren't is, you said of texas they're not. you said texas is back after a win over ul lafayette last season yeah a ranked ul lafayette team at the time that was a huge win for texas i think they were only eight point favorites at home um i Grossly uh, misjudged UL Lafayette. Listen, they thoroughly outplayed Alabama for three quarters. So Texas is therefore back. In the fourth quarter, they did not finish a game against a team that they outplayed the whole game. If you want to be a national contender, you have to win games like that. It's 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 the absolute truth. I, <laughs> if Texas is going to be where they need God. to be and where they've been for their entire history when they've been really good, and that's obviously where they're trying to be, to be considered back they have to win games like that you're at home you outplayed your opponent for three quarters um you got to the red zone a hundred different times your defense played fantastic and you miss opportunities i get your quarterback was out i get your backup quarterback was injured but you had every opportunity to win that game and you didn't you lost i love texas i never thought i would see the day where you went in on texas the way you just that was a bad finish to the game you can't be excited about it. I'm sorry. Am I op- optimistic for the rest of the season? Absolutely. I said Texas would lose this game and go 11-1. I really said that, and I believe that now. But the point is this. You had a golden opportunity to shut up all the critics, all the haters, all the doubters, with an epic win over the number one ranked team in the country. You had every opportunity to do so, and you didn't. But they still. But they did, they did and do for that. Now, they did shut up everybody. And, Nobody thought that game was going to be and close. for now, it's disappointing. And it's a sour note. Oh, they gosh. didn't win that game. They let it slip through their fingers. And so, for now, it hurts. I and never going, thought I would be more impressed with a Texas, this Texas game than you were. You, be, you shouldn't have been surprised that I wasn't very impressed. I picked it to happen. I no, you, said Texas was going to lose in a very close game. And they did. I'm not surprised. So I, why I are you so this. why are you so pessimistic then? I'm not. I'm optimi- optimistic. I said I think they'll go 11 and one. I think they'll win the Big 12 championship game. And 
then I will say they're back. But they have to prove it. I know how good Texas can be. I do. Texas can be a national contender every single year. Okay? But celebrating over losses is not something I do. It's not. And it's not something Texas does and hasn't done when they are true championship contenders. And they were in the middle 2000s. So as of right now, they're not back. They got a. They don't have a long way to go, really. As long as Quinn Ewer stays healthy, Hudson Card plays well for the next two games. They should be. They should be right on track. But uh, as of right is, now, I'm going to say it. Tex- Texas. Note. Texas is back. Texas football is back. My big question about them was their defense, and they played phenomenally. They played about as good of a game as they could have outside of the one. Drive and obviously you want to have that drive go Texas's way and that cornerback to make that play on Bryce Young and not let him get away, but that's a that's Bryce and that's a Heisman player making a Heisman play. At the end of the day, what Texas did far exceeded at least seventy five percent of the country's expectations for them. At least um, I think I think Texas football is absolutely back and and they're going to be. You know, one of the two or two or three best teams in the Big Twelve this year, if not the best. Um, my final takeaway, and I'll make it quick, is the AP voters suck. Uh, how is Texas A and M still ranked seriously? And how are we going to rank Mar- Oregon over Marshall? Come on, guys! What in the world is wrong with you people? Okay, that's all I wanted to say. Want to make? You want to go to the NFL now? Sure. Um. Okay. First takeaway: Cowboys season is over. Um. Yeah, maybe I'm in a negative mood today. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm being realistic, folks. I really am. Um, as far as Texas goes, they need to be the real deal. As far as the Cowboys go, I said this before the season, and I believe this. Okay. Uh, actually, you know what? Let's get into the actual game. They lost to the Buccaneers and looked terrible, quite frankly. Um, offense was pretty much as bad as I've seen it under Mike McCarthy. Defense was fantastic. But let, let, me, let, me, let me be clear here. Michael Gallup is out. Your number two wide receiver is out. You're pretty much playing with CeeDee Lamb and Noah Brown. Connor McGovern, your Noah Brown third played pretty offense. okay. Yeah, he did. Uh, because that was the only guy that was open. Uh, Connor McGovern, your third offensive lineman of the season goes down in the first quarter. It was a bad game. What do you want me to say? It was week one. It was a tough performance. Dak didn't look good. Yeah, I'll admit it. He did not look good. But it happens. The Packers looked absolutely terrible week one. They've looked terrible in the past in week one. I think the Cowboys could have recovered from this. I really do. They were going against one of the best defenses they'll face all year. Um, but and, and they were missing some of their key players. So it would have been a setback, but it was something they could overcome. Kellen Moore called the worst game he's ever called that I've watched from him. I mean, they, they were gaining whatever they wanted to on the ground. They stopped running the football as soon as they got down. It was so infuriating. Um, couldn't scheme CeeDee Lamb open to save his life. Just a billion different problems. Um, I think they could have recovered from this. But I said at the beginning of the, of the season, the Cowboys would win this division by one game. I said they would win. They would go 11-6, and six, and the Eagles would go 10-7. and seven. You're missing Dak Prescott, your star quarterback, and there's a lot of talk this morning that Dak Prescott, you know, oh, he played terrible, and he's all of a sudden this average quarterback, and he's just as good as Cooper Rush. That is absolute malarkey. That is, there is zero factual data behind that, that claim. Hey, it's, it's the, the factual data is that Skip Bayless says he looks more consistent. He, he literally okay. was top three in touchdown-to-interception ratio last year. That was 
he had a fantastic season. Fan, uh, Cowboys scoring offense was number one. I hear 10 times in a day that Justin Herbert's the real deal because the Chargers scoring offense was number two. You know, it was number one. Dak Prescott and the effing Cowboys, man. He was fantastic last season. Don't for a second think because he had a bad game yesterday, he is all of a sudden an average quarterback. Aaron Rodgers plays terrible in week one every single year, and he is an MVP and in Florida front runner every single year. It has, I don't care about week one. He had a bad game. It happens. He was injured. So what? This is a huge loss for the Cowboys. He was one of the best quarterbacks in football last year, and that was pretty much the main reason they went 12-5. and five. Without him, oh my gosh, we've seen when teams don't have, when teams go from an elite quarterback to one of the worst starting quarterbacks in football, which will happen in Cooper Rush. They go from great to terrible. I mean, look at the Packers last year against the Chiefs. They put up six points in that entire game against an average Chiefs defense with Jordan Love. That is what happens when you go from a great quarterback to a terrible one. And that is what's going to happen with the Cowboys. For weeks, they will lose games because they do not have a competent quarterback. I I cannot believe I'm the only one, only Cowboys fan, making this claim. It is over. Of course it's over. That's because Cowboys fans are delusional. If you have to go even six games... Without Dak Prescott. You can't afford that. You're probably going to win the division by one game if Dak Prescott stays healthy. One freaking game. And you're going to lose Dak for half the season and say, oh, we'll be fine. Yeah, we'll manage. He is one of the best quarterbacks in football. You cannot replace that. It's true. This season's over. Um, Jared Goff is going to determine how good the Lions are this season. Uh, he played about as bad of a game as you could have in the first half against the Eagles on uh, yesterday on Sunday. In the second half, he was 14 of 20 or 22, 160-some yards or 120 yards and and two touchdowns. He was fantastic in the second half. And and the Lions made that a close game at the end. The the rushing attack is going to be the best in football, if not top three. Uh, It it comes down to Jared Goff. And obviously, uh, for those of you that didn't watch the game, the receivers were were not good at catching the ball for a a good chunk of the game. It seemed like everybody had a case of the drops. Uh, uh, But Jared Goff scored scored 35 points, and Jared Goff didn't play a great game. Uh, The first half was really rough for him. He he is going to turn... If the Lions finish this season with a winning record, it'll be because of Jared Goff. If they win five games, it'll be because of Jared Goff. Now, the defense still has question marks, but we knew that they were going to have question marks because they're young. They weren't great last year. They'll have games this year where they show flashes, but consistently expected to be a bottom half defense, if not bottom 10. Five, maybe. Yeah, well, yesterday it looked like it. Um Jared Goff is going to be the reason this team succeeds or doesn't. He had way too many overthrows. Uh, a miscommunication on a stick and nod route by uh, TJ Hawkinson caused a, a pick six. James Bradbury took it back to the house and lose the game by three points. That's ultimately the the game deciding play, and it's because he wasn't he wasn't sharp. Um, we'll see how he does against Washington again at home next week. He's going to have to have a much better complete game in order for the Lions to win, which I think I think they can. I think they will. It's just going to be about whether or not Jared Goff can play up to the ability, which he can, which, you know, it's Jared Goff. He's got physical limitations, but as long as he runs the offense well, makes the right reads, this team can be good. Um, offensively, no. offensively. The defense looks abysmal. The defense is going to struggle against a quarterback that can run and it's not even going to be, those games are going to be really tough to watch. If it's an immobile quarterback, they push the pocket well, but every single time they did that, Jalen Hurts would find a hole, and he would run for 5, 10 yards. It seemed like every time they were 
stuck in man coverage too. He had 20 yards to work with. Um, Matt LaFleur is just an average head coach. Um, listen, past, what, two seasons now, um, the Packers were one of the premier teams in the regular season, 12-5, and 15-2, and two, ridiculous numbers. Um, offensively, they were humming. Um, but it's pretty easy to be a great head coach when you've got the best quarterback, the best wide receiver, one of the best running back rooms, a fantastic O-line, a defense. Their O-line last year wasn't great. More than holds its own. They've dealt with so many injuries on um, their offensive line. Yeah, well, now they, now they suck. But uh, now, when okay, now you lose Devontae Adams. Now your own line's getting a little still bit lot worse. Still don't have David Bakhtiari. Don't yeah. have Elton Jenkins now. Your, your defense is, you know, looked pretty bad yesterday against the Vikings. They gained a lot of yards. The 23 points wasn't terrible, but they took it pretty easy towards the end of the second half. Um, now we see how good you are as a head coach, and they look terrible. Um, we've seen him really struggle in big moments. And yesterday was a huge game against what will likely be your biggest competition in the NFC North. You don't have the weapons you had last year. Congrats. It's the NFL. Sorry. Tough luck. Um, when you have one of the highest paid quarterbacks in football, that's what's going to happen. It's part of the game. Now, as a head coach with a pretty much average roster, we will see how good you are. And yesterday you looked terrible. You looked absolutely terrible. Um, seven points offensively, and it really didn't even that look that good. Your run game was s- absolutely scorching them. You took a play out of Kellen Moore's playbook and abandoned the run game down seven points for no reason. Aaron Rodgers is running for his life. I said in the pregame predictions or in the uh, preseason prediction show, um, the Packers would be absolutely fine because they'll be more of a run-based team, and they'll run for whatever they want. And guess what happened? They did run for whatever they wanted. Their running backs had an absolute field day, but they abandoned the run. They get down seven points, and they're like, oh, my God, we got to throw it every single time down the field. You don't have the wide receivers to do that anymore. You just don't. You don't have a Devontae Adams to lie on like or to rely on. You have to run the ball with this roster. You do not have the guys at wide receiver to throw the ball 50 times a game. Run the effing football, Matt LaFleur. Ugh. So we'll see how they do the rest of the way, but I predict they'll probably go 9-8 and eight or 8-9 eight and nine with a generational quarterback but a pretty bad roster, and it's because Matt LaFleur is just a run-of-the-mill, down-the-road, you know, just average head coach. Um, the Raiders might be better than I thought, and, and I do want to say here that Derek Carr didn't play well. Um, Terrible. Uh, yesterday, yeah, he, 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 stat line 22-37, 295 yards, two touchdowns with three picks. If not for Devontae Adams, that team probably isn't very good. But Devontae Adams is unbelievable at the wide receiver position. 10 catches, 141 yards, and a touchdown. He was the only reason that they were in that game. But sometimes that's all it takes. That connection that that Carr and Adams have is something that you can't just find. They've developed that over, you know, the course of their college career. And now they're back at it. I'm, I'm pretty sure they probably thrown in the off season uh, with each other at, 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 at some point though, you have to figure out how to run the football one. They ran the ball 13 times. Not good they, enough. They ran the ball pretty well though. Again, Josh they, Jacobs had 5.7 a carry. 
5.7 a carry. He was 10, 10, 10, 10 rushes for 57 yards. They threw the ball 37 times. Now, a lot of that was because they were down, and they were down early, um, down by multiple scores even at one point. Uh, we thought the charge we're going to blow it. Um, but defensively, I thought they played a, a pretty solid game. Um, there was a couple throws that Justin Herbert made that are just like you can't defend that throw. Um, but for the most part, I thought they did a pretty good job uh, defending the run, defending the pass. They basically they held Austin Eckler in check for most of the game. Where was Mike Williams at? I don't know because they shut him down. Uh, Keenan Allen was doing pretty good before. Uh, I think he had two catches. I don't know how for how many yards, but he strained his hamstring. He'll probably be out for a week or two. So we'll, we'll see what this Raiders team is. But I think they might be better than I expected. I had them finishing fourth in the AFC West. Um, maybe they'll finish better than the Broncos. Still haven't seen the Broncos play. But right now the Chargers and the Chiefs are, are the clear class of that division. Um, as far as the Raiders are concerned... They easily could have won that game. They had three yep. picks and were right yep. in it at the very end. Total yards, I think, was pretty close between the two teams. I think the Chargers had. I think the Chargers took. They took their foot off the gas. Though. Raiders had three twenty. Yeah, but three fifty-five to three twenty. It looked. And, and what what will what will be the case? Will that'll be interesting to see? Is Chargers have struggled, and this is this has been a legit problem for you know last year included. And Finishing games. It, it, yep. Finishing games with your offense. Can you get a drive down the stretch and put the teams away? And they weren't able to do it. They had four opportunities, and each one, it went punt, 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 miss field goal. Yep. And and just like that, or punt, punt, miss field goal, punt, whatever. But um, the the Raiders had a chance at the end. What will be interesting about the Raiders team, you have you can either double-team Devontae Adams and pretty much take him out of the game, and then you're leaving Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller yeah, to absolutely I don't care. eat That's what I'm and doing. do work. That's what I'm doing. And I, I don't the care. the Chargers pretty much said, no, we're just going to play everybody straight up. And Devontae Adams was one-on-one every single time, and he absolutely got whatever he wanted. You cannot do that if you're the Chargers. I don't know who was making that call, but you have to take Devontae Adams out of the game or do as good of a job as you can. Make Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller beat you, and they will. They'll go for you know a lot of yards, and they'll play well. But you cannot let Devontae Adams just do whatever they wanted or do whatever he wants, and that's what the Chargers did. So... I would like to see them fix that, but they'll be a really good team. I have them top five in my power rankings. Um, number three, the Bengals will be absolutely will be just fine, but they did not fix their O line. Oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is this is this is a big one for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. First off, as far as the game goes, I think Joe. So Joe Burrow throws four picks. They fumbled the ball. Uh, five turnovers in general, and they absolutely should have won that game. Um, they had an extra point to win it, miss. Had a 29-yard field goal to win it, miss. Um, so they had two golden opportunities to win that game. Their all-pro kicker misses both of them. So they'll be fine. That was because of a long snapper. They'll, they'll win. Uh, yeah, that's true. They'll win 11 or 12 games, and they'll probably still be fine. It's, it's a bad loss, but you had pretty much all of your best players play their worst game, and you still almost won. As far as the Bengals' O-line goes, um, Joe Burrow was sacked tied for the most in professional football last year, um, or this year, or this week one. <laughs> Matthew Stafford and Joe Burrow were the only two quarterbacks sacked seven times. No quarterback was even sacked six times. So, um, yeah, the Bengals align. Oh, my gosh. It, it, it just proves you cannot fix. And this has been the big mistake of the Bengals' you know, front office tenure. Um, not acquiring... Young offensive lineman pieces. Yeah. I said well, they it. did this year. Uh, how young is Lael Collins? Is he 27? I thought I he was. Think, I don't know. 
I'm going to look that up. Um, maybe he is. But they have not acquired young offensive linemen in the draft. And He's 29. Yeah. Um, they have not acquired young offensive line pieces in the draft, and they just said, all right, we'll put a Band-Aid over a bullet hole, and we'll kick the can down the road, wait till later on to actually get a long-term solution at the O-line position, and now they're paying for it. And Joe yep. Burrow got absolutely killed yesterday. Seven sacks. I get it's a great, great D-line, by the way, and it is for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But guess what? When you get to the playoffs, all you're playing are fantastic defensive lines. We saw it in the Titans game last year. It's like you're going to go against great defensive lines, and it's going to be about how can you, you know, in your O-line, just put up a brick wall and give your quarterback time to throw. And if you can't do it, you're going to be in huge trouble. Yep. It capped their ceiling last year. They probably should have been Super Bowl champs had they had a better O-line. And I can't help but say it's going to cap their success this year. They can only be so good with a below-average offensive line. I thought it would be average. Turns out it's going to be below average. I mean, holy cow. It looked terrible. Um, I was going to have the Steelers as the number one defense, but then TJ Watt tore his pack. And that's kind of tough. Instead, the Steelers are going to be a top five defense, but a bottom five offense. That offense is abysmal. Mitch Trubisky is not the answer. That is very apparent. Um, Najee Harris might be out a couple weeks, although they're saying that he might be fine. I don't know how. Uh, The way his leg was bending, he should not be okay. And offensively, they didn't get George Pickens involved at all. Uh, The only guy to really get involved was Deontay Johnson. And Deontay Johnson is a fantastic player, but it was him and Pat Fryermuth, which... Pretty good for my fantasy team, but this offense, the offensive line sucks, which means that Najee can't run the ball. Najee's a good running back. He's going to take a beating like he did because that Bengals defense is pretty solid. I was right up front. I was right about the Steelers in my questions. Now, whether or not they win the number, the, the, the nine games in order to get over the 500 mark is still up in the air, but they are not a good team even if they do get to that. This offense, and even with Kenny Pickett at quarterback, because I know Steelers fans are going to want that, will be bad. They just There's no offensive line. You're not going to be able to run the ball. Teams are going to be able to figure out so easily if they are, if they are even competent as a defense. That offense was so bad that the defense forced five turnovers and you only scored 23 points. That's you exactly went to right. overtime. That's exactly right. I, and, and Steelers fans are going to do a lap because yep. they, they won that game. Yep. They shouldn't. Uh, no. You had so many issues. So many issues. Yep. The only, the only difference is, is that you have a top five defense that, that was able to shut down the Bengals with, with relative ease for 55 minutes. Um, Minko Fitzpatrick is great at football. Cam Sutton played great. TJ Watt is a fantastic player. Cam Hayward as well. Uh, but you're not going to be able to rely on your defense every single week to get a win. You're going to have to score points offensively, and they just could not. They scored 23, may I remind you, in overtime with a pick six. Mm. Unbelievably bad. Um, I completely agree with you. I mean, listen to these numbers. So Bengals led in first downs 32 to 13. Um <laughs> Total yards, 432 to 267. This is a game the Steelers won, by the way, people. This is a game the Steelers won. Third down efficiency, 8 for 16 for the Bengals, 4 for 15 uh, for the Steelers. Um, 299 passing yards to 192 passing yards for the Steelers. Um, just just a complete and total domination for the Bengals. The difference is five turnovers. Joe Burrow plays the worst yeah. game of his career. If I was doing power rankings for, you know, f- after week one, the Steelers would still be like the 25th best team. I, 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 yeah, yeah. I might put them 20 just because of the came, defense. Came I know. With a win, yeah. But, it, it, I, 
I don't think the win matters. They did not look good offensively. No. It, it was so bad. Seriously, if not for the Patriots, they might have the worst offense in the league. Yeah. You're it, just never, ever going to turn, turn I guess it over. the Jets right now, too. You're never going to get four turnovers in a single game from Joe Burrow again. Maybe he did in his rookie year. I don't know. Well, I but, would be surprised if the Steelers had another game where they forced more than three turnovers in a yes, game. Yes, that is. In the game. An, an anomaly, and you still should have lost that game. I, I think that's, that tells you, if anything, it's going to be a long season. I really, <laughs> I really think that's the case. Um, four. The NFC West will be one of the worst divisions in football. It will go yes. from one of the best divisions in football to one of the worst. The Rams lost 31-10, to 10 and they did not look very good. And they looked like the best team in the division. Yes, <laughs> they did. Think about this. The two teams that lost more than or had the, uh, had the biggest losses were the two teams that won or that finished first and second in the NFC West. The Cardinals lost by 23. That was the most any team lost by. And the Rams lost by 21. That was a close second. The defending Super Bowl champions lost at home by 21. That is unbelievable. Um, Obviously, I think the Rams will piece it together and eventually win the division. But holy cow, they looked terrible. The offensive line was abysmal. Guys you've never even heard of had two sacks. I'm like, who is this guy? And why Powell, I think it was. I don't even know his first name. But he got after Matt Stafford. It was embarrassing. They were not able to run the football. Cam Akers had barely any touches. Um, Other than Cooper Cup, nobody was able to get open. Um, Targeted Allen Robinson twice. Yes. You're clearly missing, you know, uh, your wide receivers that you lost. Robert Woods. And uh, Odell Beckham Jr. It's gonna. I, I think. I think they will probably go nine and eight and ten or ten and seven just because of how bad the rest of the division is. But I think it could be a long season for the Rams. And and, as as, and they play a first place schedule. And, yeah, and I think they play the AFC West as their co- crossover. And as far as the Cardinals go, holy right. cow! Cliff Kingsbury laid another egg, that, and that and that's that is what it is. Um, offensively, the, it looked like a joke. Uh, they were able to move the ball at five yards down the field, but had nothing over the top. And Marquise Brown, it's like, I thought you got him to do that. You didn't have him once go deep down the field, it seemed like. Um, your wide receivers are old. And Greg Dorch, I think, what was his name? Greg Dorch, you got it. Greg Dorch was your leading receiver defensively. Oh, my God. The Chiefs got whatever they wanted at ease. You generated a grand total of zero pass rush. Um just incredibly disappointing performance. The Chiefs' line isn't even that good. I mean, it's pretty 10, average, but top fifteen maybe. But um, to absolutely shut down that Cardinals' defensive line, which I was expecting to at least you know recruit the loss of Chandler Jones, instead just looked absolutely abysmal. And I think obviously the 49ers looked as bad as anybody. It was obviously in the rain. And that is to be expected. But let me be honest. They've never been a fantastic throwing football team. What the 49ers are known for is their tough play up front. Their D-line is one of the best in football. And their offensive line is one of the best in football. I think it's Trey Lance's first game. But 49ers, that is what you do. You run the football. And you stop the run. That is probably your two best traits. And now, with bad weather, honestly, when I first saw it, I thought it would be good for the spread, but I thought it would only help the 49ers win chances. Because it really um, just completely goes towards their style of play. And it looks like maybe they won't be as tough up front. 
maybe they will have some flaws in the secondary because Justin Fields had a couple of huge passes with busted coverages. So I think the 49ers could take a huge step back this year, not only offensively with Trey Lance. Obviously, I think I said it in the in the uh, pick show. I said he's probably going to struggle. It's week one. He's really raw. But I think defensively they take a step back too, and I didn't really see that coming. Um, Obviously, yeah. we'll see the Seahawks later tonight. But I, 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 I can't, can't imagine, imagine that game yeah. goes, goes very well for them. Um, I hope it doesn't. The Tennessee Titans are just as bad as I thought they were going to be. I, I mean, they they lost to a Giants team that people had finishing last in the NFC East, finishing with a top five pick, even with Brian Dable as a head coach, who is a fantastic offensive uh, offensive mind, and, and we saw it. Uh, we saw it yesterday. Uh, Daniel Jones didn't look terrible. He was 17 of 21, 188 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. That is about as good as good of a Daniel Jones game as you're going to yeah, get. Yeah. <laughs> he, 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 he missed four passes. That was yeah, it. It's true. And they only threw it 21 times. You want to know why? Because Saquon Barkley went for 18 carries, 164 yards, and a touchdown. This Titans defense is awful. They've got Kevin Bayard. They've got Jeffrey Simmons. And that's it. There is very little depth on this defense, on the defensive side of the ball, and what 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 depth they do have isn't good. And then you get off, you go to offensively. It, you, you are basically relying on Derrick Henry to have another 2,000-yard rushing season to even come close to the playoffs. He had 82 yards on, on 21 carries. And that's not going to cut it. Their best receiver was a fifth-round or sixth-round rookie, Kyle Phillips out of UCLA, who had six catches for 66, 66 yards. Three of them came on the final drive of the game. Other than that, it was a running back, Dontrell Hilliard, who scored twice. Ryan Tannehill, I will give it to him, actually looked pretty solid for the most part. He was 20 of 33, 266 yards, and two touchdowns with no picks. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. I expected Ryan Tannehill to come out and lay an absolute egg. He was, he was better than I thought he was going to be. Here's where it comes down to. They were 3 of 11 on third down. Yep. They were outgained offensively. They had more passing yards by a lot, but you're telling me that, that Derrick Henry isn't going... They had 93 total rushing yards to the Giants' 238. That's not going to cut it, guys. You're, you're going to have to do better than that. They had seven penalties for 50, turn, or for 50 yards, but the Giants were actually more penalized. Jeez. It was it was the two point conversion from Brian Dable, Dable where Saquon Barkley just made a play. He just got, he just got the, go, the the ball in his guys his best guys hands and he made a play. Even if the Titans win that game, I'm still singing the same tune. They should have won this game going away. They were five and a half point favorites, I believe, if not more, in this game, and they lost it by one. Um, this Giants team might be better than uh, than people expected with Saquon Barkley looking like his old self. But I don't think this is a sign that that the Titans are going to be a competitive team. I think this is more as a, more of a sign that the Giants might finish the season with six wins rather than three. Yeah. Um, I will say the Titans have been absolutely dog water week one past, I think, three Yeah, last seasons. year they got ran by the yeah. Cardinals. And I think the year before that they lost or Well, yeah, because they were, they were the bad at the start of the season that year. Yeah, so they, they are always, like, really bad Right at the beginning of the season, although there are some big concerns, and I said that. I mean, wide receiver, they're going to be a little bit slow. We I think, saw how good A.J. Brown was against the Lions. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think that division in general is going to be absolutely doo-doo. I, I wanted to talk about the division as a whole a little bit, too. Um, the Colts are – I don't know what the, what the hell is wrong with the Colts. I think, they were gonna, I think there are going to be some learning curves for them, but they got outplayed by the Texans. 
Like this is a Texans team that when you look at it, it's just a lot of veteran players just trying just it's like their second spot. They really don't have that much talent. Uh, Damian Pierce wasn't even used at all. He was the big name coming out of camp, and he had like 11 carries for 33 yeah. yards or something like that. He, they, exactly. they hardly used him. Um, Receiving-wise, I mean, Davis Mills played a pretty pretty good game. O.J. Howard, who was cut like three weeks ago by the Bills, found himself another home pretty quickly, and he's uh, it's paying dividends. But the Colts couldn't get the run game going for majority of the game. Matt Ryan didn't look comfortable at all. And, and defensively, obviously, he let the Texans score 20 points to tie that game because Rodrigo Blankenship misses a chip shot. Uh, yeah. And then, obviously, the Jacks looked not great. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with Trevor Lawrence, but... I thought he looked pretty good. I just he 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 looked. Etn he looked, drops two touchdowns. Like the come drops on, were man. the drops were two a problem. He the drops were a problem. And I think but they set off for field goal twice there. Brutal. Something's not right with Trevor Lawrence. It just he doesn't look comfortable. I don't know what it is, but he'll show flashes. His confidence is probably a little bit. That's shot. that's what I think it is. I think last year definitely took a toll. It'll take him a little bit to to get back, but. I'm a little bit worried right now. I thought he would. I thought it was going to be a more efficient game. And obviously, when your wide receivers drop every other ball, it's going to be tough to have yeah. a, a great completion percentage. But he was below fifty percent. That's that's not okay. acceptable. Um, and, and and when you have the drops like that from your wide receivers, your confidence is only yep. going to get worse. Yep. You know what I mean? So it, it, it's all just like a spiral effect for him right now. But. I think we'll get it back. You just got to win one game. You know what I mean? And then you build some they confidence. They might not win. They might <laughs> they not win the for a Colts while. next week at home. They have their number for some stupid reason. And, and, and that offense should be, you know, getting going. And if it can, I think maybe they can build a little bit of momentum. I will say the defense looks Trayvon pretty good. Walker looked pretty Trayvon good. Trayvon Walker looked good. The DBs got, got torched. Carson Wentz, oh, yeah. Carson Wentz threw the so ball. All. Jahan Dotson. Talk about a steal. He was oh, yeah. he was the best rookie yesterday, and it, offensive, especially offensively, defensively, it was probably Trayvon Walker, and it, and it wasn't even close. Yeah. It, it, he was phenomenal. Yeah, um, five. The Dolphins will know what their QB situation is by the end of the year. Yeah. Listen, I agree. I have no idea if the Dolphins are going to be great, if the Dolphins are going to be terrible, I think they're going to be good. just going to be in between, if they're going to be 8-8-1, eight, eight and one, I have no idea. Listen, folks, they beat the Patriots 20-7. to seven. They won the turnover battle 3 to nothing. You're not going to play an offense that bad the rest of the season. <laughs> That's the truth. Um, but the point is this. You know now, at the very least, Jalen Waddle made a bunch of plays. Tyreek Hill made a bunch of plays. That defense made a bunch of plays. Offensive line held up pretty much the whole game. Running back, I mean, you still have... You have okay running backs. Um, the point is this. They have all the pieces around Tua. They don't, I don't even think they have a first-round pick this year. Isn't nope. that right? Um, they lost it because of the yeah, Stephen Ross thing. Oh, I thought it was because of Tyreek Hill. Trading his, that pick to the Chiefs? Um, oh, next year, you mean? I, d- I, I, thought, I thought it was a next year first, wasn't okay, it? Okay, maybe. Um, the point is this. They have all the perfect pieces around Tua. He looked pretty good yesterday. No, they do have a first-round pick. It's the 49ers. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, they will know by the end of the season. if they, it, It's kind of like the Jared Goff thing. If they win or lose, it will be because of Tua. So if they have a great season or if they have a terrible season, either way, it is going to be because of Tua Tungo-Vailoa. He will have to be you know, pretty good for them to say, all right, we'll keep you around and you're, you're going to be our guy for the future. So far, so good. He looked pretty good yesterday. 15 for 20, 270 yards. Uh, I think one touchdown. Yep. Eh. But um, but still, he, he. this is the year. We know now you have all the pieces around you. The team is meshing well. You've got a pretty good coach, I think at least. Um, 
So if, if, if the team doesn't do well, it's on you. You're the problem. So, hey, this is it. You're under a lot of pressure. Let's see how you perform. You did well at Alabama under pressure. Let's see if you can carry that over with the Dolphins. Yep. Yep. I completely agree with you. Um, I was going to talk about the Falcons um, because they actually played pretty well for most of the game, and then they choked it away. Thought, uh, you know, maybe they could be competitive, but I don't really want to spend too much time on them because they've choked their third 15-point or plus-point lead in the past two seasons where the rest of the NFL has two of those I'm combined. So I, I'm not going to really waste my time, although Marcus Mariota looks pretty good. Instead, I want to talk about the Minnesota Vikings. Mm. I think they're a top-five team in football. Wow. That offense against a Packer defense that I thought was going to be top five at, at the at the height, at the very minimum, they were going to be a top 10 defense. Justin Jefferson got whatever he wanted. Kirk Cousins looked really good. Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison are the one-two punch that I, I thought they were going to be. Irv Smith, on the other hand, not great. Get, get open some more, guy. Come on. But seriously, I think the defense played a lot better than I think... E- Either me or you or me were even expecting. Oh, absolutely. Um, it, they they didn't really have a problem in the pass game, although Christian Watson did burn the DBs one time just trump the pass. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was really bad. I I really really like what this Minnesota uh, team looks like so far. I know it's only one game over or under Kevin O'Connell, but my goodness, was it's. If you're a Minnesota Viking fan, that is exactly what you want to see. A game like that against a divisional opponent, you just dominated them. It was at home. The skull, the, the, the crowd, they were in it. I mean, it's one of the toughest places to play in the NFL. If you are a Minnesota Vikings fan, the expectations for this team should be NFC Championship. I'm, I'm dead serious. I know that sounds crazy. NFC Championship should be the expectation. First year coach? Yeah. I I think with the rest of the division being up in the air, we we I'm I'm not too worried about the Packers. I don't think they'll be as good, but I, I'm not. I, they'll figure something out. And the Lions and, and Bears are the Lions and Bears. Yep. It, you know you, you know what they are. They're going to be pretty average teams at best. Um, at worst, they're bottom five teams in the league. Uh, it, it sets up, and they're playing a second place schedule, so it sets up perfectly for them. To, to make a run at the playoffs, get a good seed, have some home field advantage to get to the NFC Championship game. 6.2 yards per carry for the Packers yesterday. And, and, and they just completely and they just decided the, to yeah. stop running the football. 18 carries for 120 <laughs> yards. Unbelievable. What are we doing? What are you doing? So obviously, oh my that's gosh. not great if you're a Vikings fan, rush defense-wise, but they got, and, and, a, they and got maybe, after Aaron Rodgers. And maybe they were you know, playing soft defense on the run because they were up by so many that's points. What, that's, I would imagine, yeah. It's like, go ahead, run the ball. We don't really care. I want to look but, at, I want to see some next-gen stats on how many pressures they had on Aaron Rodgers because he, yeah. was, he was having a hell of a day. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It, was, it looked like every, every time every time the, the Fox camera would zoom in on him, it was like, it was like is yeah, Aaron Rodgers going to retire yeah, right now? so pissed. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's so frustrating. But, yeah, Packers got outplayed yesterday. I, they have, I have them at six right now. My power rankings. So. I was going to – I was going to um, – I had the Vikings, I think, at, like, I had them at 10 and 7. I, I think they could win 11, 12 games. They could, but that week, NFC, I mean, holy cow, that <laughs> conference It's could not be terrible. good. It is not good. Um, we'll have a recap coming out on Wednesday uh, from, from our week one uh, of the Civil War draft. I can tell you, it was 
definitely an experience. That's yeah, for was. sure. Um, Mike, Mike Scott, I played Mike. You played, uh, you played California, and uh, Mike's going to be in some in some deep shit coming up here uh, with this quarterback situation. With Dak Prescott being out, um, Joe Burrow throwing four picks. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see. He might. Because it's best ball, you can't pick anybody up. It it, it really is quite the experiment. Yep. Uh, that's it for me. You good? Yep. All good. That, those were our takeaways. Talked about a lot. Thought, thought we had some good discussion. Um, we're excited for week two of NFL, week three of college football. Um, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed. Catch you on the flip. See ya.